Ladies and gents, welcome back again to the channel today. And have I got a story for you. This chaos just seems to be never ending. And if it hasn't been bad enough, it's now moved over to New Zealand. Yes, the farming industry and the food supply in New Zealand is now under fierce attack. And we are now seeing protests in Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, as well as some other major hubs right now. Now, it's not as big as the Netherlands protest or as aggressive as the Netherlands farmers. It's a lot smaller, but it's definitely beginning as the government has started to put draconian measures on the destruction of livestock and farming. So we're going to go over some of these articles today. But the main takeaways are that the Prime Minister, who we all know about her, we'll talk about her in a moment, has announced a 20% cut that the farmers have to do to methane emissions. So it's being called the burp and fart tax. Uh, that is the name that the farmers are giving this. And they've got to do this ASAP. So we'll get into all the data now. Let's go over to the shared screen then. Okay, and isn't this typical? Just as we're about to start, UK Prime Minister Liz Trust has announced her resignation. Well, unfortunately, we haven't got time to get into that today, so I will cover that on tomorrow's video. New Zealand farmers protest world's first livestock burp tax. Farmyard vehicles disrupted traffic in Wellington, Auckland, Christchurch and other cities to protest emissions tax. And the image reads, fart tax, what a joke. Travelling in convoys of tractors and pickup trucks, farmers in New Zealand have gathered in cities and towns across the country to protest against the government's plan to be the first country in the world to tax emissions from farm animals. Hmm, I wonder why they may be doing that. Lines of tractors and other farmyard vehicles disrupted traffic in Wellington, Auckland, Christchurch and other cities on Thursday. So that is today. With the protesting farmers demanding that the country's centre-left government back away from the so-called burp and fart tax. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern unveiled plans last week for the world's first levy on agricultural gases and biogenic methane, which mainly comes from burps produced by New Zealand's estimated 6 million cows and 26 million sheep. Arden has argued that the tax is needed to slow global warming and could even benefit farmers if they can command a higher price for more climate-friendly meat. Well, yeah, I mean, they're misinterpreting this here or deliberately misleading people. Of course, they'll be able to charge more for their meat if they take their supply or their herds from this down to this. This is just supply and demand. You've got less supply but you've got the same amount of demand that you had before with people. And remember, New Zealand lamb is sort of revered around the world. People love New Zealand lamb around the world. So you start cutting the supply down. Of course, the cost of the meat is going to go up. Uh, they're, they're just trying to manipulate this here. But let's just take a look at Jacinda Ardern then. And do not forget that she was put in place by this gentleman here, Schwab. And he even talks about it if you want to look at this video, uh, Klaus Schwab 2017, Young Global Leaders. He talks about putting all these people in place, including Vladimir Putin. In fact, I'm going to have to play it because otherwise people won't believe it. To integrate young leaders is part of the World Economic Forum since many years. 
when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin, and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Okay, so there you go. You just heard it out of his mouth before people start saying, oh, misinformation, or oh, you're making this stuff up. Right, so here is Jacinda Ardern on the WEF website if you want to look into this in more detail. While government hopes the tax will reduce livestock emissions by 20%, McKenzie argues that any reductions will be replaced by less efficient foreign farmers. So they're saying here methane is less abundant and does not linger as long in the atmosphere as carbon dioxide, but is a much more potent warming agent. Scientists believe methane is responsible for roughly 30% of the global rise in temperatures despite being a fraction of the greenhouse gas mix. Okay, but you know what they also don't talk about? They also don't talk about where a lot of methane comes from. They are just blaming it all on animals and human beings, but there's a lot of other ways that methane comes about. And I would even love to show you all this stuff, but if you start doing searches, all the searches now are very much biased towards all of these agendas. So it's very difficult to get some of this um, other information that you might want. For a small to medium farmer, you're going to have to do weeks and weeks of administration and compliance, and it just doesn't work. We didn't get into this game to do that. So this is what they're being told. Farmers can either adapt and rapidly bring down their emissions, or they and everyone else will suffer more. That sounds to me like a little bit of a threat. But remember, there's all sorts of other ways that you can bring down emissions. Now, I'm no food expert, so I can't really comment on this, but I have seen dozens of these kind of articles where this headline is feeding cows seaweed could cut their methane emissions by 82%, scientists say. So if that is an option, why is it not being sort of put out on a mass scale since they're taking all of these orders and they're all going by the same sort of policies which are coming from above and that is cull the livestock get the livestock numbers down why not look at other things why not look at things like what food can be given to the livestock or what other methods can be used in order to bring these methane and co2 and whatever emissions down why are they just focusing on culling that is the question you want to be asking here. Over to Sky News then. New Zealand farmers drive tractors on motorways to protest burp tax levy on animals. This protester's advertisement is quite amusing. Without farmers, you will be hungry, naked and sober, it reads. Lobby group Groundswell New Zealand helped organise more than 50 protests in towns and cities across the country. Uh, these images are quite interesting. What society restricts food production? Exclamation mark, question mark. Absolutely right. This government hates farmers. Read this other sign. No farmers, no food. The future equals pine needle soup and lichen salad. Now, the other thing I want to bring your attention to is we talked on yesterday's video about this rapid and expansive food inflation, especially predominantly we focused on the UK, which was on average around 15%. But you know and I know that a lot of products are up 40, 45%. And you've got to think that's based on one year. They're, they're not doing it based on back to 2019 before all of this started. They're looking at it and saying 2022, well, this is what it was in 21 
and these are the inflation numbers. Well, what about going back to 2020 or 2019? You would not see the sort of 15% number. You're going to see much, much more than that. So they are deliberately trying to hide a lot of this food inflation that's going on. Now, you've got to think to what might happen here. If these governments, and again, it's all coming down from the WEF to the young global leaders, which are pretty much in most Western countries. If they keep following these policies and they're destroying so much livestock, destroying so much crops and farming, and now we have the fertilizer issue, we have the fuel, so the diesel fuel issue, which is used for uh, mechanized equipment on farms, a, com a combine harvester obviously uses diesel. It doesn't you know, use any kind of a windmill on top you know, or a, or a solar panel. So all of this stuff is going to combine to cause even more food inflation later on. And now you understand why I was so adamant over the last year or so and saying, go out and buy and stock up on these long life foods now. Go out and buy this stuff because in the future, it is going to be so much more expensive. But I think that a lot of people, a lot of logical, rational, everyday people, they just couldn't see it. And I know if I were one of those people, I would think the same. That's crazy talk, Neil. There's no way food is going to be going up like this. Yeah, two or three percent, five percent. Yeah, sure. I can see that over the next couple of years. But no one would have expected 30% or more that we've seen in this very short period of time. And remember, on some of the household staples, and again, it varies from country to country, but the USA, look at egg prices, look at meat prices, look at some of these prices. And again, it's not just a coincidence. How can it be a coincidence throughout the world? All of these countries are having something slightly different in each country, which is causing the destruction of food, the food supply. It can't be a coincidence. So now let's continue this inquiry then and find out where is all of this coming from and what is the long-term outcome of it. And I'll give you a, a little clue before we go out to the shared screen here. We have so many reports now and these aren't conspiracy reports. These are coming out from the United Nations and, and governments, the US, UK, Europe, the World Food Program, saying that by 2024, the world is going to have a famine. This isn't me saying it, even though I said it originally. This is all of these big organizations that are now talking about a famine. So you can see why I've been so adamant about saying, make sure you have some food stocked up because this is probably gonna get pretty crazy later on. So let's sort of unwrap this and find out where it's going. So this is from the WEF website. You can see this isn't fake or anything like that. This came out in June 2019, okay? 2019. You will be eating replacement meats within 20 years. Here's why. So let's have a quick look at this. And again, we've got the big picture. Remember, you can go and look at the Strategic Alliance and you can have a look at all their mind maps here. Correspondingly, in recent years, we've witnessed a sharp upsurge in the attempt to find viable alternatives. This is to meat. Classic vegan and vegetarian meat replacements have been a standard feature on our supermarket shelves for several years, of course, while insect-based meat replacements, while available, occupy a relatively niche or niche position. Now, we already know that this was the plan going way back to actually it was 2015, 2016 period to introduce more of these alternative proteins, including insects. And it's so funny how people used to laugh about this stuff when I talk about it. But now we're seeing this push through. 
Remember the video I talked about Welsh primary schools are putting insects on the menu. Other schools are putting insects on the menu and doing all of these trials. And if you think this is really about CO2 and methane emissions, I'm going to show you in a moment why it's really not. This is about profit and we'll see how it all connects. More recently, the research has found its way into laboratories and startups like Impossible Foods, Just and Beyond Meat have brought novel vegan meat replacement, a plant-based product category that imitates the sensory profile of meat to the table. Now, how are they going to be doing this? Biotech. We know the dangers behind biotech already. Sure, there are some benefits of biotech. I'm not uh, denying that, but we also know there's a lot of dangers behind it. So let's look at some alternative media then to what they are talking about, how this is a great thing. The WEF's Great Reset Plan for Big Food Benefits Industry, not the people. And this is from Vandana Shiba, who is a fairly controversial uh, character, if you know who she is. So this includes a plan to transform the global food and agricultural industries and the human diet. The architects of the plan claim it will reduce food scarcity, hunger and disease. And already I can tell you that I agree. I, I, I do think it's nonsense. I think this is all about profit. The GR, we know what that stands for because we don't want to keep using it on this platform, is about multinational corporate stakeholders at the WEF controlling as many elements of planetary life as they possibly can, from the digital data humans produce to each morsel of food we eat. The GR is meant to be all-encompassing. Its partner organizations include the biggest players in data collection, telecommunications, weapon manufacturing, finance, pharmaceuticals, biotech, and the food industry. And she really is correct there because if you think about all of the different industries within society and how each of them is very, very heavily controlled now by these conglomerates, what isn't controlled? And now you'll see, it'll, you'll go, ah, got it start looking at where the issues are, where these emergencies are, and look at where there isn't control in that industry. And once you start to see that, it all falls together. So what are we seeing right now? What are the, the crises? We are seeing energy and we are seeing food. So these are the two big ones because energy, the West doesn't have the control over energy. I think most of you realize this. They don't the control is with other countries. So that is a project for them to work on. What else then is the food supply. The food supply isn't uh, controlled by some huge big conglomerate out there. It's controlled by independent farmers. And they do not like that word, independent, because it can't be controlled. When you have farms everywhere, like where I live, there's a farm down the road. I get lots of my food from that farm. They grow it there and then, they've got animals there, they've got loads of different crops, and I do mean loads of different crops, lots of different vegetables. You just turn up and you put the, it's an old fashioned, um, what's it called, like a trust system. You just put the money in the box, you take your, your veg away. And can you imagine if everyone was doing this and no one was watching, say, the mainstream media and everyone was just, see, this is part of these plans. And we'll talk about the super cities in another episode, which again, this isn't me. This is their publications on these super cities and how they're going to be controlled. So I'll get into that on another video. The WES plans for the reset of food and agriculture include projects and strategic partnerships 
that favor genetically modified organisms, lab-made proteins, and pharmaceuticals and industrial chemicals as sustainable solutions to food and health issues. The WEF has promoted and partnered with an organization called Eat Forum, which describes itself as the Davos for food. What else then? We've got all these organizations now. Um, The creation of new dietary guidelines. Eat Network interacts closely with some of the biggest imitation meat companies, including Impossible Foods and other biotech companies, which aim to replace wholesome, nutritious foods with GMO lab creations. And by the way, this is Eat Project, if you want to look at it, eatforum.org. And already I'm seeing one partner on here that I wouldn't trust with my life. So I know just by looking at these these partnerships here, these are huge, enormous food companies and they're not there to serve us, they're there to make a profit. So who was Impossible Foods co-founded by? Google, Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates. Talk about a winning combo. The project's partners include Bayer, which we know who that is, they bought Monsanto, Cargill, Syngenta, Unilever, and even tech giant Google. Anyway, I think you get the idea here. It goes into chemicals and everything else, but I think you already know this. Um, Eight predictions for the world in 2030 then. Let's wrap up with this. This came out in November of 2016. Bear in mind that's six years ago now. I think you might find this quite interesting. Number one, all products will have become services. So this is you by 2030, where you'll own nothing and be happy. I don't own anything. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I don't own any appliances or clothes. Shopping is a distant memory. People borrow what they need on demand. It sounds utopian. Really? Or is it dystopian? Until she mentions that her every move is tracked and outside the city live swathes of discontents, the ultimate depiction of a society split in two. So what are these eight points then? Well, let me read them out to you. Number one, all products will have become services and these will be owned and controlled by these conglomerate companies. Number two, a global price on carbon. See how this all links together? Number three, US dominance will be over. So the US will be kaput in the world as the key leader. And look how accurate that is. Six years on, we're already seeing the US losing its grip on power. Number four, farewell to hospitals. This is a weird one. So they're saying because there'll be so much biotech and biotech in our bodies that we won't need hospitals anymore. Number five, everyone to eat much less meat. Uh, Number six, today's refugees, and they're talking about Libya and Syria, etc., will be the future CEOs. And that fits in line with all of these policies that we're seeing now, uh, racial-based policies, if you uh, understand all of that, I've been following these things. Number seven, Western values tested to breaking point. We're seeing that right now. And number eight, humans ready to move to the red planet. Of course, they're talking about Mars here. So what a weird one again today. I know we jumped through loads of different sectors there, but this is what is going on in the world. It has just become a very strange and unusual place, which is why I'm glad that I don't live in these big cities and I am rural and that I am becoming more and more self-sufficient every single day because I do not want to be around when this thing comes down. 
All right, well, thanks for watching today. We'll get into Liz Truss and some of the other stuff on the weekly walk and talk tomorrow. So apart from that, take care, God bless. I'll see you tomorrow.